You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 301. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast, and I hope you are ready to get some great information today about exercise. That's a good one, but would you like to know what the five best exercises are considered, according to Harvard Health? And we will talk also about a little more in depth on one of those, strength training in particular. Why not know what the best ones are? So if you're going to do it, you make sure you do the ones that are considered the very best. But what do we have going on in the body right now? So much going on, I guess you could say. Lots of people are uh, starting the five-week Earn That Body program or the Recommit program, which was a huge success in January. And Recommit, just so you know, is for clients who have done the Earn That Body program before but need to get back on track. And so we have revised the program to really sort of make it a lot more personalized for these people who already know how to log their food and sort of what the general process is for Earn That Body, but they need to get back on track. And so we personalize the workout program for for them specifically, and it's more of a private level program. So if you have done Earn That Body in the past and you are struggling to get back on track, definitely shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com and ask for info on recommit. And if you've never done any of my programs before and you're trying to lose weight and you, probably need to get your nutrition on track, I recommend the five-week Earn That Body program because that's gonna have your workouts and it's gonna have personalized nutrition with food logging, your personalized calories, macros, etc. So all of that is going on for a lot of people in February. And then instead of Eagle's Eye on Health today, I just wanted to give you a personal update because I do have tons of people DMing me and asking me, what the heck happened to your knee and what kind of surgery did you have? So if you do follow me on social, then you might have seen that I was in a surgery center just just yesterday as of me um, recording, but by the time this launches, it'll be last week. But I had something called patellar tendinitis that got so bad in my left knee that it basically became patellar tendinopathy. And it's funny because I had started feeling it right before the Berlin Marathon, but it was nothing bad, didn't hurt when I ran, just felt like a little something going on in my knee. So I figured I'll go to the doctor, you know, as soon as I get back um, from the marathon and we'll see how it goes. Well, the marathon went great. I didn't have any pain um, at all during the marathon. And I really honestly felt good when I got back from Berlin. Just again, I just felt like there was a little something going on in that knee. I could just tell that it wasn't quite the same as the other knee. So I had planned on going to my doctor right away, but then we had found out that we were moving to Pennsylvania. And so, so much was going on and our insurance was changing and this and that, that I wasn't able to go to the doctor right away, which is totally something that I always tell all my clients you need to do. You need to go to the doctor right away because the sooner you can get a proper diagnosis, the sooner you can start treating the problem. But I didn't have the ability to, again, it was sort of an insurance issue and sort of a moving issue. And so by the time I finally got to the doctor, 
I was here in Pennsylvania and I at this point was feeling a lot more pain. Like it had significantly gotten worse, which was kind of funny because I was barely running at all at that point. You know, I wasn't training for the marathon. We were going through a move, but my knee was getting worse and worse to the point where I couldn't even do a plank position because it hurts to pull the kneecap up. Um, I could actually still run a bit. I, I could feel something, but it didn't hurt when I ran, but I couldn't do lunges anymore or squats and yoga hurt and really everything was starting to make my knee hurt. And so I finally got into the doctor and to make a very long story short, they said, you have patellar tendinopathy. And it is so far gone that phys uh, physical therapy is probably not going to help you at this point. So they recommended I get a procedure called 10X. And thankfully, it is a procedure, not a surgery. So the recovery time is six weeks versus six months. That's very nice. And for whatever reason, this particular procedure has a very good percentage of healing things like patellar tendinopathy. So it was sort of like the perfect thing in so many ways. Now what they do is they do take you into a surgery room. So I was in a surgery room yesterday. They give you a local into the knee, so a real lovely needle right into my uh, tendon there. So that part was not super lovely and fun. But once it was all numbed up, what they do is they take a needle and they put some kind of ultrasound, ultrasonic something into the tendon. And apparently what that does is it helps break up the scar tissue. And it's like a five minute procedure. So I was really in and out of the surgery room very quickly. Now the doctor said it went well. Um, I go back in one week and we sort of go from there in terms of physical therapy. I'm on crutches for three days. And then if there's no pain when I walk, I can go ahead and walk, but I will not be doing any physical activity. <laughs> For six weeks. So I can do upper body at some point and I'll be in physical therapy and I'll be able to focus on that. But it will definitely be uh, a very interesting time for me not to be able to do all the exercise that I love to do. Now, if you are like me and if I am like you, then the probably the first thing you're thinking is, well, like how in the world are you not going to gain weight and not work out for six weeks. <laughs> yes, these things enter my mind too. I love to eat just like you all love to eat, and I'm used to eating a, a good amount of calories, but I am no longer burning what I used to burn. So definitely my nutrition is taking a shift. Um, I am physically shifting my nutrition to match what's going on in my life. And I will probably do a podcast on that coming up so you can understand the kind of shifts that I'm making and the kind of things you need to be aware of when you have an injury and how to deal with your nutrition. So anyway, I'm doing well. And as I said, I'm just uh, a day out. Uh, and we don't know for sure if it will work, but it's like an 85% chance that it will fix the problem. And so my fingers are crossed and I appreciate all of the well wishes that I have gotten from all of you. So thank you so very much. Now, today we are going to be talking about five of the best exercises you can do. And this is coming to you from Harvard Health. So I thought, well, that's pretty high up. Let's see what they consider to be the five best exercises. And then we're gonna go into a little more depth on one of them in particular. So let's just bust right in. Now, the very first one, <laughs> the very first one is one that uh, I don't think enough people are doing at all. It is swimming. 
So right now my best friend Susan is cringing because she hates swimming. I don't know why, but she hates it. Swimming is so good for you, everyone. It is the most wonderful sport. I am so thankful that I learned how to properly swim um, several years ago when I started triathlons because swimming is a workout that you can do forever, meaning well into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, swimming is one of the only sports that you can keep doing as you age. And Harvard Health says it might be the best workout that you can do. Now the buoyancy of the water, it supports your body and it takes the strain off any painful joints you might have and it keeps you moving fluidly, which is definitely a fantastic thing for your body. Now swimming is good for people with arthritis because it is less weight bearing. And research has found that swimming can also improve your mental state and put you in a better mood. Water aerobics is definitely another option. I don't know about you, but you laugh probably when you look at people in water aerobics, but then you go in and you try it and it's actually super hard. (laughs) I've done it like on cruises and on vacations before when it's like my sister and I would jump in the pool and start doing it and we're usually dying. So you can laugh all you want, but the old water aerobics is actually a really good workout. Now you're gonna burn a lot of calories in swimming. And of course it depends what you're doing, but if you are lap swimming, if you're doing a master swim type class, ah, oh, you are gonna burn a ton of calories. I know for me, when I used to do master swim classes, those were the days I was always the most starving and also felt my best after the workout. So instead of feeling just completely wiped out and crushed by the workout, I just always felt Like I was moving better, my joints felt good. I just always felt really good after swimming. And that is part of the point, is that you're not doing this compressing down on the spine and the gravity pulling on the joints with the running. Um, You've got this buoyancy in the water and it's so good for you. Now, another thing that's so great about swimming is that you're kind of strength training at the same time as cardio training, because you're pulling the water. And when you pull the water, you're using your lat muscles like you cannot believe. Well, hopefully you're using your lat muscles. A lot of people overwork their shoulders because they're not using their lats, but it is a full body strength workout. You're working your legs, you're working your back, you are working your shoulders too. And honestly, I would say, I think personally that I have looked my best in in life um, and more muscular than ever when I was swimming. And I think that it's just all of that sort of weight bearing in the water that, that works all your muscles that was helping me sort of reach that peak level um, of muscular tone. So swimming is absolutely fantastic. Um, my son recently got back in the pool. He's in college and he started doing some swim workouts. It's really cold in Chicago right now. So he said, I'm opting for swim today. And he said, you know, what's funny, mom. He said, I always feel so good after a swim. And he kind of meant like compared to how he feels after running. And I get it. And as I said, I just said the same thing. And it's because it's like, we're not doing all that vigorous pounding of the body running is so hard on your body. I mean, look at what I just went through with my knee. I'm pretty sure it had to do with all the running I was doing, I'm sure, right? So if you can learn how to swim, if you can get in the pool, um, don't be afraid to, to look into some master's classes and ask if they have a beginner's 
class, uh, often they just say, no, just come and we have a beginner's lane and we will get you started. It's intimidating, I get it, but honestly, it's the best workout and you can do it forever. So that was the number one best exercise you can ever do. Now, the number two, I bet almost no one has done it. It is a Chinese martial art. It, it combines movement and relaxation and is good for both your body and your mind. It is called Tai Chi. Now, it's been called meditation in motion, and it is made up of a series of graceful movements, one transitioning smoothly into the next, and because the classes are offered at various levels, Tai Chi can be very accessible for people, and it's valuable for people of all ages, kind of like swimming, and all fitness levels. It is particularly good for older people because balance is an important component of Tai Chi, and that is something we lose as we get older. Now, I practiced Tai Chi quite a bit in graduate school because I went to graduate school for Eastern medicine, and I loved it. I honestly, I do miss it. Like when I read this article, I was thinking to myself, oh, I have to see if there's some kind of online classes because I'm an online class kind of person. And uh, I would love to get back into Tai Chi. Again, it's great for balance. It's Honestly, it's great for your core. You do these motions that are very fluid that one flows into the next and it is absolutely fantastic for your mind as well. So they say that's the number two best exercise you can ever do. And you might notice that these are exercises that are not killing your body something that I'm very mindful of right now as I am on my crutches. Number three, strength training. We talk about it all the time and strength training is so important. It's not just for men, it's not just for young people, it's for people of all ages and lifting weights is not going to bulk you up. So if you are someone who is avoiding strength training, you have to understand you will not get bulky but it will keep you strong. And if we don't use our muscles, if we don't build our strength, we just keep losing more and more muscle as we age over time. Now, I've also said to you many times, you wanna put on muscle because muscle helps us burn calories. And the more muscle you have, the more calories you are going to burn even when you're not working out. That's the joy of having muscle. So it makes it a little easier to maintain your weight if you have a lot of muscle on you. Now, before you start some random weight training program, it is so important that you have proper form. I am huge on form. Um, we do a, I do a strength training class called ETB Live, live streaming every week. And if you ask anybody who's in that class, all I do is repeat the cues for form because it is so important that when you're doing that squat or when you're doing that deadlift or bicep curl, that you have a proper stance, that you're using your core, that your spine is in alignment, so that you do not hurt yourself. And also having this great form is so important because that's how you're gonna get stronger and make sure that you're using the right muscle groups um, instead of compensating due to bad form. Now I do recommend you start very light. If you are not someone who has been strength training, please don't go pick up the heaviest weights. You're gonna be so sore or you're gonna injure yourself, right? But over time you will see that you can quickly increase the amount that you are lifting and you might only increase by a couple pounds and that's okay. 
we're not in a race here to put on the muscle. Let's just put on the muscle and get strong over time. Another great thing about strength training is we try to work the entire range of motion depending on what the move is, and that's also gonna be wonderful for your joints. Now, I'm gonna take a little side split right here and tell you what the top strength moves are according to several different articles. These seem to be the most, the most loved, Healthline uh, and Harvard Health, we're talking about some of these as some of the best strength moves you can do. And then we'll go back to our top five exercises you can do. But within strength, everybody seems to love the basic lunge. Why? It's great for your lower body muscles and it also has a sense of balance. I don't know about you, but if you've ever stepped back into a lunge, you might have had to catch your balance for a second because your feet are not aligned next to each other. So lunges are a great strength move for legs. The second best strength move, and I don't know that these are in an order of like, this is the best and this is the second best, but the second best of strength moves are the push-ups. And push-ups are the most basic, yet most effective body weight move you could probably perform. And it's really due to the fact that you are recruiting so many different muscle groups when you perform a push-up. You're not only working your chest, you're working your shoulders, you're working your core, you're gonna feel it in your glutes, you're gonna feel it in your quads. I mean, you are working everything and you are pushing your full body weight and it is a fantastic strength move and it should not be missed. I will tell you this, and again, in ETB Live, we know this well, if you stop doing push-ups, it is so hard to make a comeback. So make sure you're doing push-ups a few times a week so that you can keep that strength and maintenance of those muscles going. The third one, Squats. I mean, you just can't beat a lower body squat, right? It's gonna work your lower body. It's even gonna work your core. It's even gonna work your calves and your glutes. It's one of those other great strength moves for the lower body. You're really working so many different muscle groups. You're engaging some of the largest muscles in the body, like the quads and the glutes, and that is always gonna help you burn more calories. So squats, lunges, They're fantastic moves for your lower body. We do them all the time in ETB Live. The fourth one is your basic overhead shoulder press. Now this is a really good one because it's considered a compound exercise because you're utilizing multiple muscle joints, multiple muscles, and it is perfect if you're trying to get the job done quickly. A standing overhead press isn't only one of the best exercises you can do for your shoulders, but you're also going to be working your upper back and even your core. I love the overhead shoulder press when I am just like in a rush to get a quick strength workout in. The overhead shoulder press is always my go-to shoulder move. Then they say dumbbell back rows. Not only are these gonna make your back look fantastic in that bikini or maybe that low cut dress, but the dumbbell rows are another compound exercise. It's going to strengthen several different muscle groups in your upper body. Uh, Obviously the main one is the large muscle group of your back. You're also gonna be utilizing your shoulders. Depending how you do the back row, you also are likely gonna be engaging quite a bit in your core. So the back muscles are pretty strong. You can generally go on the heavier side for back rows. Again, it's my go-to back move when I'm just looking to get a quick strength workout done. 
Then another one for the lower body, the single leg deadlift. This one is fantastic. You're not only gonna be working the lower body, you're working balance big time. So single deadlifts require stability. They require leg strength. I love doing deadlifts in general and single deadlifts, a fantastic strength move. Then there's the one that everybody dislikes. I'm not really sure if it's because there's a cardio component sort of to it, but I think more than not, people say they do not like doing the burpee, right? They love to hate it, or most people love to hate it. I don't know, they don't really bother me that much, but they are super effective because it is a whole body move that is going to give you serious bang for the buck when it comes to your cardiovascular endurance and your muscle strength. There's several ways to do a burpee. If you just wanna take it the most basic, I like to reach to the ceiling. I like to reach down to the floor, step into a plank. You can come all the way down to your stomach, push back up, then bring your feet up and stand back up. It's much harder to say it than it is to do it, but the burpees are really great. And then if you add a jump, you're getting even more cardiovascular. If nothing else, as you age, just reaching down to the floor, getting down onto the floor, and then stepping back up, is a big deal. Because if you don't do that, as you continue to get older, then all of a sudden you're 60 or 70 and you know if you fall on the floor, you can't stand back up. And you might be really young listening to this podcast right now and thinking, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm like, you know, I'm in my 30s, I can get right back up. It's gonna hit you quickly, friends, <laughs> when all of a sudden you realize that you haven't done a, that kind of thing before where you were on the floor and now you have to push yourself back up. And so maintaining these kind of moves, not that you know the 80-year-old is necessarily doing the burpee, but hey, they might be. If they, if they never stop doing them, they'll continue to be able to do them. And that is the most important thing is that you can always get yourself back off the floor. Then number eight, the side plank. It is a fantastic one for your core at its very foundation, and it's tough. The side plank can be done modified with one leg down or both legs together and the knees up, and it is definitely going to work your core. It's gonna work your obliques. It's gonna work your shoulders. It's a good one, and that rolls right into number nine, which is your basic plank, which is also super effective at targeting your abdominal muscles and your whole body, just like that push-up. You're working your shoulders, you're working your core, you're working your back, your glutes, your hamstrings get a little bit of work in there even. It's like just full body. Everything when you do a plank should be contracting. And that's something I really like to remind people that if you're just in a plank and you're just trying to hold it forever, but you're not contracting actively through the core, then you're probably not gonna be working your core enough. Soon you'll get a really serious shoulder burn, but you should also be squeezing your glutes and squeezing your quads and squeezing everything in that plank to really develop that stabilization, not just within the core, but throughout the full body. And then number 10, they say this is also one of the best strength moves you can do. It's a definite favorite of mine, the glute bridge. Now that's effectively going to work your entire posterior chain, which isn't only good for you, but it's also good for those buns. <laughs> it's gonna make them a whole lot stronger, lift them up just a bit, and it's always nice when there's a little less jiggle in that area, right? So the glute bridge is a great one. 
I like to modify it by lifting one knee up, by lifting one leg up. There's a lot of ways you can make the glute bridge a little more intense, but it's also one of my go-tos that I do. It's a great physical therapy move for people as well, um, depending on what they've got going on. But it seems like physical therapists are always including a glute bridge for a very good reason. So that all goes under that number three, strength training being one of the best things that you can do. And then number four, one of the best exercises you can do, it's pretty basic. All of these are because the best ones are basic and they're good for your body and won't hurt you over time. It's walking. So walking sounds really simple, right? And it is, but it's also powerful. It can absolutely help you stay in shape. They say it can improve your cholesterol levels because you're exercising. It can strengthen your bones. It can keep your blood pressure blood pressure in check as well. Most people just feel better. Their mood is lifted after they go for a great walk. Some studies have shown that walking and other physical activities can even help improve your memory and resist age-related memory loss. All you need is a good pair of walking shoes. And so that's what makes it such a fantastic thing is that really anyone can do it anywhere. And that is a big goal is that you wanna have no excuses. And I want you to be able to go on that vacation and know that even if you just go for a 30 minute walk, that's all you need, right? Now, I personally think 30 minutes would be the lowest amount of time you would wanna go for a walk. But if you don't do anything right now, like you're a very sedentary person, I would start with 15 minutes. Add five minutes more every time you can go for a walk. And if you can get up to a 60 minute walk as your workout and do that three or four times a week, it is fantastic. I'm gonna let you know right now. Walking has been my only cardio in the last four to five weeks. I had to stop doing the bike as well. It was hurting my knee, it was hurting my hip. I'm starting to feel my age, right? And it's because I have beat it down. I have beat my body down, I'm certain of it, doing Ironmans, doing too much running, and I'm feeling it and I'm paying for it now. But I was able to do walking almost every day of the week and I have been able to maintain my weight and not gain weight. So that's kind of a big deal, right? Now I do think walking hills helps. I personally struggle to get my heart rate up. I just cannot walk that fast. But when I walk the hills, then I can get my heart rate up. So that's something you can add as well over time. Now the very last best exercise you can do according to Harvard Health, you might know it, you might not. You might have heard of it, but have never done it. And my guess is that most of you don't do it enough. And these are Kegel exercises. That is right, K-E-G-E-L. These exercises are probably not gonna help you look better, but guess what? They do something even more important. They strengthen the pelvic floor muscles, and those are the muscles that support your bladder. Strong pelvic floor muscles are gonna be so important as you age and prevent incontinence. That's like when you pee a little bit in your pants. You don't want it and it's likely to happen if you do not strengthen these pelvic floor muscles. Now, many women are familiar with Kegels and some are told to do it after they have a baby, but guess what? Men can benefit from this too. Now, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, 
to do a Kegel exercise correctly. What you're gonna do is you're gonna squeeze the muscles that you would use to prevent yourself from passing urine or gas. That is exactly how they describe it, all right? So if you thought you were gonna pee or you thought you were gonna have gas and you squeezed all the muscles in your pelvic floor so you didn't do those things, and you hold that for two or three seconds and then you let it go, that, my friend, is a Kegel. You want to make sure to completely relax your pelvic floor muscles after the contraction. You want to do it maybe 10 times, and they recommend doing four to five sets a day. That'll keep you busy. I used to have a friend who told me she did Kegels at every red light. So, you know, whatever works for you and makes you remember, I mean, that to me is using a very good use of time. <laughs> it is okay to Kegel while you drive. Just do not text while you drive, right? So, Kegeling, they say it's super important. It's also considered one of the best exercises that you can do for your body, and I highly recommend if you're not doing it, you start doing it, and it doesn't matter what age you are, it is going to make a big difference at some point in your life. Now, let's wrap it all up by just explaining a couple things here. So, five of the best exercises you can ever do, these are them. Swimming, Tai Chi, strength training, walking, and Kegel exercises. Why are these things so good for you? Why is Harvard Health promoting these things? Well, as I sort of said, these are things you can do forever. These are exercises and workouts that you can do that are not going to beat your body down so that you end up in surgery or uh, a knee procedure. Technically, it wasn't a surgery, like me. Uh, I know so many runners and triathletes, even swimmers who swim too much, then they get their shoulder injuries, right? Those kind of um, things where you're just like a deep athlete in an endurance sport, they can tear you down. And I did a post recently on social media. Um, it was sort of emotional for me because it was me basically telling you, look, I'm really disappointed in myself. I'm always telling people to take care of their bodies, and now I'm in a situation where I have this chronic pain, not just in my knee, but then from my knee, I felt it in my hip, and then from my hip, I have some stuff in my low back, and I feel like I haven't done a good job by taking care of myself properly. I probably overdid it, and that is what happens when you're an endurance athlete. I'm not telling you not to be an endurance athlete. I'm not saying that I will not go back to running and run another marathon. But I will tell you this, I will do it in a very different way. I'm not gonna run five, six days a week anymore. That clearly didn't work for my body. Uh, I just think over time, as we age, that just gets harder and harder on your body, on your spine, on your system. It's a lot of cortisol in the body as well. So I liked this article because these five things we can all do forever. And I don't know about you, but I want to exercise forever. And there was a moment like a month ago when my knee hurt, my hip hurt, my back hurt. I couldn't do one thing. I couldn't do yoga. I couldn't do the bike. I couldn't run. That I couldn't do lunges, so I couldn't strength train lower body. I felt like, oh my God, what if this is it? And I could never really work out very much again. And it, and it brought like a deep sadness to me because I, I don't actually work out to look good. I work out to feel good. And the thought of not being able to feel good, it terrified me. So learn from me. Don't do all the things I do. Here I bring you so much wonderful health, fitness, nutrition advice. And then I felt, like I said, I felt really guilty that like I wasn't being a role model and now I'm paying for it. 
but I'm trying to be honest about it as well. And again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be runners and people shouldn't be hardcore athletic swimmers or people shouldn't be triathletes. I'm just saying, think ahead at what you want in your 50s, 60s, and 70s for your life and make sure that what you're doing today plays into that for then. Because if there's a chance that you won't be able to move anymore because you're, you know, you're constantly hurting, you're constantly injured, you're constantly working through an, a running injury, it's gonna pay the price as you get older. I do feel like I turned 50 and, and things turned pretty quickly. <laughs> pretty quickly in my body, in my eyesight, I can't even see anymore. And that literally happened the day I turned 50. Never wore glasses before the day I turned 50. Um, but aging happens, team, and I wanna age well and I want you to age well. So check out those five things. If you don't work out very much, those are great things to start with. If you work out all the time, you might need to tone it back to some of those five things as well. Try something new like Tai Chi, try something new like swimming for some of you, uh, get those Kegel exercises in, and I will be back next week with health, nutrition, and fitness information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.